0: Good afternoon, Rob, reporter on 970 WDAY-AM and 93.1 FM. No guests today. It's going to be open folds all day. This this Charlottesville thing has got me worked up. I was watching it all weekend. And, and it's, I'm just, I'm upset. I'm angry. I, it, it upsets me that this is happening in our country. That that people are, are it's, we have communists and fascists literally fighting on the streets in America. And someone died. People are getting hurt. It upsets me that this is happening in our country, and I got a lot to say about it. Uh, were you were you watching the news over the weekend?
1: I was. I I was. I became aware of it mostly, again, through Twitter, which is where a lot of, you know, big national stories tend to be breaking these days, and that's what tipped me off to everything happening, and it, it was not a pleasant weekend to be an American.
0: No, it wasn't. It was ugly. Um in, in a lot of ways. Uh, of course, talking about the quote-unquote Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, right on the border with, uh, or near the border with West, West Virginia. Um, there's Confederate monuments there. Uh, the protest, I guess, ostensibly, that, that was the impetus for the protest, was about um, protesting the taking down of those Confederate memorials. And listen, I, I can, I'm open to having a debate about Confederate memorials. I think, to me, it depends on which memorials we're talking about. I think some probably, depending on their their genesis and and their context and their history and location, you know, not all the memorials are made the same. So, you know, I'm willing to have a debate on a case by case basis. You know, I, I'm not in favor of just glorifying the Confederacy. The Confederacy. You know, which I don't need to relitigate here. The Confederacy was was basically a pro-slavery organization that fought to keep people enslaved. I mean, wh- whatever else was going on at the time, they fought on the side of slavery. That to me is not that. That's history worth preserving. That's history worth learning about. That is not history worth honoring. That's my two cents on that. Uh, but but really, it, w- it wasn't about the monuments. What, what I saw happening in Charlottesville over the weekend was a sort of proxy battle. In a larger war over identity politics, and, and really, it was it was two the, the two most extreme sides coming together. I mean, on the one side, you have the unite the right people, which, first of all, they did not unite the right, unless you consider that they united moderate right thinking Republicans and conservatives against the quote unquote alt right. I mean, if you, if you wanted to get people to you know people on the right to recoil in horror and put aside some of their differences and start working together to get fascism and white supremacy and everything out of and away from the conservative brand, yes, you certainly united the right. By the way, the deal, I like how these idiots are wearing, they're calling themselves patriots, and they're waving around the Gadsden flag, and they're invoking Thomas Jefferson and everything else, while wearing the insignias, confederate flags, swastikas, you know, Nazi symbolism, I mean, the, the Confederacy and Nazi Germany are two, you know, nation states and or military organizations that declared war on the United States. And now you're wearing their insignias and calling yourselves patriots. Really? There's a bit That's of a logical, patriotism?
1: Yeah, there's a bit of a logical disconnect there.
0: Yeah. Slavery is not patriotism. Nazism is not pa- patriotism. So anyway, you have that going on. Uh, And and listen, I I I think they fully staged the rally to try to provoke a fight. I think I think that's the the quote unquote unite the right people. When I look at the way this was organized, when I look at the way it was perpetrated, they were trying to they were trying to spark something. But you know what? It takes two to tango. And who showed up to give them the fight that they wanted? But the left wing extremists. So now we have right wing extremists and left wing extremists fighting it out on the streets while the media salivating at every droplet of blood falling because that's great for their ratings and great for their Twitter retweets and great for their Facebook shares and online clicks and everything else. Everybody's fanning these flames. And then in the aftermath, the most disgusting thing is everybody tries to take what happens in Charlottesville and shoehorn it into the left-right right political divide. And, and I think this is the point because everybody's talking about this today. But here's the point that I'm not hearing being made. This is what happened in Charlottesville is beyond the left-right divide. This is not Republicans versus Democrats. This is not conservatives versus liberals. This is extremists versus extremists. That's what's going on in Charlottesville. That's what happened in Charlottesville. Because the traditional political divide in America between Republicans and Democrats, we have philosophical differences over, like, tax policy. We have philosophical differences over trade policy or the proper use of our military in the world, right? That's the political divide. That's Republican versus Democrats. That's conservatives versus liberal. What's happening in Charlottesville, what happened in Charlottesville was two competing forms of totalitarianism, both imbued with identity politics. You have the white nationalists who very much see themselves in the context of their race, and they see themselves as victims because of their race and who they are. Versus the social justice warriors, the extremists there, who want to silence anybody who says anything that might be considered a little bit demeaning or a little bit uh, offensive or a little bit provocative, who also see the world in the context of their identity. Uh, They call it intersectionalism. They're all victims because of their gender or or orientation, sexual orientation or race or whatever. It's, It's identity politics. It's two warring extremist points of view imbued with identity politics basically going to war with each other fighting each other in one instance killing that's what happened in Charlottesville and I, I think we got to stop this pie-throwing contest where you know the different politicians are trying to blame one another for not being you know su- you know uh, sufficiently dismissive or, 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 or sufficiently uh, uh, condemning of what happened or, or the various groups involved or whatever we got to knock that stuff off Because these are two factions of extremism that are infecting mainstream American politics. And what has to happen is the rest of us, those of us who are just interested in having philosophical debates about tax policy and trade policy and and labor policy and all the other types of policy that make up the American system of government, those of us who want to have arguments about that in good faith without dehumanizing the opposition... We got to come together. We got to stand together against all forms of that extremism, right and left. And I'm hearing a lot today because Donald Trump, I guess President Trump got in trouble for it too, but people saying, oh, don't condemn both sides. I'm sorry. There's extremism on both sides. Extremism from both sides was on display in Charlottesville and it all needs to be condemned. We need to quit playing these political games. What do you think? 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at wday.com. Love to hear what you think. We'll be right back. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Don't go away. Power next door. Welcome back, Rob Reporter on 970 WDAY, AM and 93.1 FM, email talk uh, talk at WDAY.com. We're talking about this Charlottesville thing, and it's, you know, everybody's talking about this stuff today. And uh, I I don't know, I I, I think I I hate the way most people are talking about it, because it's just something like Charlottesville happens, and and, and maybe for, for a little bit, for a few hours after the incident or, or, or as everybody's sort of in shock you know maybe everything but it, it within hours already we're, we're trying to shoehorn it into the same political debate we've been having all along. and I'm telling you what happened at Charlottesville it's it's not Republicans versus Democrats. It's not conservatives versus liberals. this is something else. This is extremism. These are extremists fighting on the streets of America, and now someone has died. People are getting hurt, and I I I, I think it's time because it's so. Easy. What what happens is we, we we do we have these extremists on the right. We have these extremists on the left. Although, although I I, I want to I don't I, I even hate using the right left paradigm for it because to me. I don't see a lot of overlap between somebody who is essentially a national socialist and a conservative. I don't see a lot of overlap between somebody who is a liberal Democrat and a communist. Right? I mean, somebody out there who's, who's waving the Soviet flag on the street, I don't think has a lot in common with Heidi Heitkamp here in North Dakota. I just don't. As much as I don't like Heidi Heitkamp's policies, as much as I think North Dakota could do better for leadership in that Senate position, she's not a communist. Kevin Kramer's not a fascist. John Hovitt's not a fascist. These are extremists, which exist outside of mainstream politics. But the problem is we have opened the doors on both sides and let them in. And, and one of the ways in which we have done that is we start using the extremes to brand the mainstream, right? So we say because we have these, uh, for instance, these extremist leftists out You know, beating people up on, on college campuses. Conservatives can't go there and speak safely anymore because a bunch of black masked anti, supposedly anti fascist thugs, which by the way, those people calling themselves anti fascist is as absurd as the guy with the Confederate flag and the swastika calling himself a patriot. But what happens is, is 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 conservatives see the anti-fascist people beating people up and breaking windows and everything, and they use that to paint the entire left. And then the left sees, you know, the alt-right, you know, white supremacists, uh fascists out there, neo-Nazis, and says and tries to paint the entire right with that. And we gotta stop doing it because every time we do that, it helps the extremists. You don't you don't think it helps the neo-Nazis? When they get lumped in with some national view, review, author, some mainstream conservative? You don't think it helps the alt-right when they get lumped in with mainstream conservatives? Intelligent people know the difference. Intelligent people know the distinctions. Just like it helps the communists and and, and the far-left people when they get lumped in with mainstream Democrats. we got to stop doing this stuff. We're helping them. We're mainstreaming the extremism. I mean, even even to the point where, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about Charlottesville in the context of identity politics. And I, I think that's what you got to look at it. I, I think it's it's two sides of the same identity politics coin where what you are becomes much more important than what you think or, or the principles or ideas that you stand for, right? The color of your skin or your sexual orientation or your religion or whatever, that becomes more important than what your ideas are, which I think is disgusting. But that's what identity politics is. And now we have let identity politics imbue mainstream politics. And surprise, the people who get demonized all the time are angry. It's just, it's it's frustrating. Philip, you're on. What's up? Hey, Rob.
2: Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I guess, I guess the first question I have is, where did this term all right come from i i I keep hearing it bandied about but uh i remember right that's what the key is in all of this it's not the the nazi sympathizers and that and the people freaking out trump's statement was right on the money and uh what by using the fuel of racial divide i mean i've seen this going on my whole life i'm 53 years old and the, the left they're trying to do the old blanket coverage where they're encapsulating any people. I'm a former history teacher, Rob. I understand people protesting by them taking down statues. You can't erase history. Historically speaking, when you start erasing history like these people are are promoting uh, or changing the name of a person if they're lynched, these people are extremists. You say that the left isn't extreme and they don't want that brand. Bernie Sanders is a communist. I, well, right. America, well, see, that's, last time I checked a lot of people supported him
0: that's that's my problem is, is I I think Bernie Sanders is an example of letting the extreme into the mainstream I think yeah, Bernie Sanders guess, is an extremist I the and, part part I, and the I think
2: conversation Rob is this they're trying to do this new branding of this alt, right? that's the one that just irritates me. I I turned off the TV. Well, the, you know, I, I wouldn't have I
0: wouldn't have a problem. I wouldn't have a problem if they used the term if they didn't lump people who are decidedly mainstream into it. And I I I, th- I think that's problematic for two. First of all, Mainstream conservatives don't deserve to be lumped in with a bunch of neo-Nazis and white supremacists. I don't see – I am a conservative. There is very little overlap in my ideology between myself and somebody who declares himself as a national socialist. I believe in small government. I believe in the power of the individual. National socialists don't believe that sort of thing. So I have a problem there. I also have a problem because when we do that, when we lump mainstream, whether they're right or left – when we lump mainstream thinkers in with extremists, we mainstream the extremists. We're helping the extremists, and that's not a good thing. Thanks for the call, Phil. We're going to continue this discussion. Get in on it, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. What's your take on Charlottesville? I want to hear it. We'll be right back after this. Okay. go away. did you see this letter to the editor from Pierce Teft? He is the uh, father to uh, Peter Teft, who has made headlines in the Fargo-Moorhead area as a, I guess, a self-confessed uh, committed, uh, committed, um, fa- fascist, I guess, white supremacist, or I, maybe he doesn't call himself a white supremacist, but uh, pro-white, I, I think, is the terminology he uses. Uh, just a heartbreaking letter.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. I, I can't imagine having to be a father and having to go through Writing a letter like that, but you know, their family has to protect themselves too because they don't share his beliefs, right?
0: And there's yeah. there's
1: children in this equation. I mean the the self proclaimed uh white supremacist, and again, he probably I don't think he uses white that. nationalist. That's I think it. He, that's I, the yeah. one white nationalist. He has nieces and nephews, right? And they're getting wrapped up in this, and that's not fair, and that's not okay,
0: right? Well, I mean, you've got to you've, you've got to draw a line. I mean, this isn't this isn't. You know, I'm a Red Sox fan. You're a Yankees fan. Uh, I'm a Republican. You're a Democrat. I mean, this is this is hatred. This is this is bigotry. And you got to draw you got to draw a line around that and say no. Th- this is this is wrong. And I, it was so heartbreaking to read his letter. I feel so 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 badly for him that he had to write this letter. Um, and it really I mean, he 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 talks about wanting his prodigal son to return. Right. He he talks about how he's not. While he embraces this hatred, he's not welcome in their family, but he is welcome in the future if he renounces it. You know, and that's that's gotta be a that's gotta be a hard thing. And it my immediate reaction when I was watching the events in Charlottesville unfold was I I think what we all gotta do is, is we gotta find somebody who disagrees with us. Somebody 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 in your life, somebody you know. Um, and, and maybe you see them on Facebook posting things you don't agree with, or, or whatever. Um, I think what you got to do is you got to find that person, or maybe a few of those people in your life, and invite them out for a cup of coffee, or a beer, or a plate of pasta, or, or something. and Get to know them. Talk to them a little bit. Try to understand why they feel the way they feel. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that you have to agree with them. Or that you have to find common ground because listen, the one thing that I have learned writing about politics and talking about politics for 14 years now is that you're not going to change a lot of people's minds. A lot of people arrived at at their conclusions or at their positions, um, in 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 ways that they that they feel are are legitimate. They they've arrived there because they feel like they've put the thought into it and they've arrived at the right conclusions, and it's hard to persuade people away from that. That's that's difficult but i i think sometimes we get caught up in this idea that we want to win an argument um and i don't think that's possible most of the time i I don't i don't think you can win the argument most of the time i think what you can do though is is maybe understand each other a little bit better i think what you can do is is try to find some common ground And, and and also find out that the person on the other side of that Twitter profile on the other side of that Facebook profile is a human being who maybe has children or grandchildren, mothers, fathers, grandparents, has a job. They have problems too. They have struggles too. I I can't tell you how how frustrating. And I'm I'm just going to talk about my perspective for a minute because I'm a, I'm a white male. That's just, that's who I am. I can't, I'm not changing that. That's not going to change. And, so I, when I'm saying this, I'm not belittling anybody else's experience. I'm just saying in my experience, it is frustrating to me when I get told that I need to butt out of a conversation about race or some area of public policy because I'm a white male and I'm privileged and I can't possibly know. And it's and, and to me, that's that's such a hurtful way of doing it. It's such a dismissive way of doing it because you don't know. You dismiss somebody because of their skin color. You don't. You don't know what their history is. You don't know what their backstory is. You don't know what they've been through. That's that's the danger in, in, in seeing somebody as as a race or a sexual orientation or a gender or what have you. I mean, that's that's the danger of identity politics. Is because we we create groups and then we herd people into those groups and then we treat them all the same based on those groups. And that is not the way you do it. Not in a free society. The way you do it in a free society is you base people. You base your judgments of people based on who they are as individuals, what they have done, what they have accomplished, what they're responsible for. I think, I, I think identity politics lends itself to extremism because it debases the individual, because it makes you a group, not an individual. Now, don't get me wrong. Your gender, your heritage, your religion, your skin color... These are all parts of you, and they can affect your life experiences because things like misogyny and bigotry exist in the world. There's no denying it. But you're still an individual. You are not your skin color. You are not just your gender. That's what we've got to do is we've got to start trying to understand each other as individuals. Try to understand somebody not as the white guy on Facebook who makes me mad, but as Ralph, who has a job and who has kids and who has dreams and aspirations and who's had struggles. That's where we need to get. 701 293 email talk at wday.com. Kevin emails, Rob, I agree with what you're saying, but here's one additional item that I learned. The city of Charlottesville attempted to cancel the alt-right permit under political pressure. Uh, Virginia Democratic governor, multiple multiple other permits were issued, were allowed to stand. Uh, The alt-right went to court helped by the ACLU and Rutherford uh, Institute and was awarded an injunction so they could hold the rally. So did the city and left politicians add insult and jack up the alt-right and tensions between all the protesters? Looks like it to me. Um, I, I agree with that to a point. I think it was wrong to try to cancel the permit. I think the, I, the ACLU is getting a lot of flack. to deal because they backed the right of these this rally to go forward. Um, they supported it, and I I think they should support it. Uh, you know, and a part of me let me let me ask this question: What do you think would have happened if if nobody showed up to counter protest this, right? And and I know I know what people are going to react. You know, they're going to say, well, you, you can't just let Nazis go without rebuttal. You can't just let racists go without rebuttal. And generally, I agree, but when you're talking about such a tense situation, when you're talking about a group that is so clearly spoiling for a fight, what happens if you just don't give it to them? What happens if you just don't pay attention to them? I wonder if we pay too much attention to this. I wonder if we spend too much time counter-protesting. Not because I want Nazis to go without rebuttal. Not because I want white supremacists to be able to, to... Air their stupid bigotry without rebuttal, but because maybe the best thing to do is just let these idiots have their say and then go home. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine caller John, you're up. Hello, John. We got you.
2: Yep, you hear me?
0: Yeah, I got you, John. Go ahead.
2: There we go. I said, you know, Rob, you summed it up right there. You know, to me. You know, when you try and stifle free speech, when you try and stifle a group, as idiotic as they may appear, when they're out there protesting, you do nothing but fuel the hatred is what you do. You know, it's it, it, my take on this, you have to remember, I've lived in the Northland a, a good chunk of my life, but I am I, I have a lot of relatives who are from the South. And you cannot just take all these statues down and erase history. It's not going to happen. To me... But this was—I—I—I I, I do
0: i do think that this was about this was this ended up being bigger than the monuments. I know that was the impetus, but I think what we saw here was a battle in a larger war over identity politics. And listen, I mean, the, the, the monuments debate. I, to me, I think that's a case by case thing. I, I think not all these monuments are created equal. I think some have more historical values than others. I'm fine with some coming down. I think others ought to be preserved or maybe moved to better locations. I, I think there's a lot of different ways we can handle it. And I think that's got to be addressed on a case by case basis because I do think, I, I do think a blanket, we're just going to get rid of all the Confederate memorials. I think is as stupid as saying that we're just going to keep them all. Um, I, I, I think, I think there needs to be a nuanced point of view that, that balances a preservation of history while also not honoring, uh, a group of people who fought on the side of slavery in, in, into 2017. But John, Don, I want to read this email because Don just sent in this email, I think, which, which I I think he's making a very common mistake. He says, I quote, how can you equate, equate those espousing Nazism with those who protested the gathering Charlottesville at best? The Neos, I'm assuming he means neo-Nazis, are racist, at worst, thug, losers. I don't condone violence, but the ga- gathering was provocative in its inception. So what Don is essentially saying is because it was Nazis, it was he doesn't condone violence, but because Nazis gathering is provocative, then I guess maybe violence is okay. I mean, to me, that's a dangerous precedent. What, what, what Don is essentially talking about is, is the heckler's veto. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, that's a form of fascism, too. In America, in a free society where we have the First Amendment, where we believe in free expression, you know who's allowed to march down the street? Nazis. You know who's also allowed to uh, march down the street? Communists. These people are allowed to have their say, and they shouldn't be attacked. They shouldn't be faced with violence. Now, I think... The people who they're very much, I, I think the people at this rally very much wanted violence. But you know what? I think the people who, uh, at least a faction of the people who showed up to counter-protest, I think they wanted violence too. John, thanks for the call. I want to move on and uh, get Bob in here as well. Go ahead, Bob. What's up? Yes, uh,
2: your show has been fantastic today. There is... Intelligence on Earth for one thing. but well, I want to talk to all the hypocrites out there. If you want to get rid of all the monuments, is there some um, Roosevelt monuments, FDR monuments you want to get rid of too?
1: Right. Because
2: I mean if, you know is there? Frank, well Franklin, he well, well, West West Fra- Franklin, Franklin Roosevelt turn interned, interned, you know, Japanese, Japanese, Japanese. Americans. I mean, what do you do? Right. The only president that ever interned a whole group of people, correct.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Woodrow Wilson did as well. He interred uh, oh. German Americans during World War One. Shame on yeah, well, shame on them. Okay, including some of my relatives, as it better. turns I'm out. Just <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just I, I mean, I mean, listen, history. I mean, I, I think, I think that speaks to the point. I don't think we should take down Franklin Delano Roosevelt memorials um, because the history around FDR is complicated. The history around the Civil War is complicated. I am, I, I, I think. The case for Civil War monuments ought to be on a case-by-case basis. Tell me about the monument. Tell me about its history. Tell me where it's located at. Give me some context. Let me understand it. And then we can have a debate on a case-by-case basis. Some of them probably ought to stay because they are a part of our history. They, they should stay where they're at. Um, others probably should come down. Um, but I'm, I'm not willing to make blanket statements either way because history is complex. And is deserving better of the sort of, than the sort of blinkered politics that, that has come to surround this.
2: They're a better part, a bigger part of history for those people that had families on both sides. It's what made this made this country. Why do we have to get rid of our history? Why can't we just start teaching history in school, real history?
0: Yeah, and break up this country. That's well, I- got to happen. I appreciate the call, Bob. 701 293 9000 888 970 Email talk at wday.com. You're listening to The Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob Report on 970 WDAY-AM and 93.1 FM. We'll wrap up our discussion of Charlottesville. I'll be sticking around with Jay Thomas. I have a feeling we're going to keep talking about this. Deteel, what do you think of the discussion today? Am I right or wrong?
1: I think you've got a lot of really good points and things that definitely need to be addressed. Um, I guess i it's really hard for me to sort of parse out the the extremists from the non-extremists because right now it seems like there's extremists happening just showing up at events that maybe were started by non-extremists right. and then we end up with...
0: Well, that's my point, though. I mean, that's the point. We've, we've opened up the door and we've let them in. And, and we spend so much time, you know, the, the the left lumps, you know, mainstream conservatives in with white supremacists and the right lumps in, you know, mainstream uh, liberals and, and Democrats with uh, communists and, and you know, these, these anti-fascist thugs. And what happens is that opens up the door on both sides to those extremists getting into the mainstream. We got to knock it off. You know, I, I think I, the other thing I, I think we've really got to we have got to cling to the First Amendment right now more now than ever, because I, I, I think the impulse from a lot of people is going to be shut up the white supremacists. Shut up, you know, just shut up all the people who are extreme. And that is not the right way to go. Um, Nothing we want, nothing we want to accomplish lays down that path. I I, I understand. I understand the impulse. I I, I get it because these people say such ugly, hateful, disgusting things, and you just want it to go away, but we can't do that. Um, And I I say that in the context, there's more of these style of, of rallies planned for different venues different locations around the country in the coming weeks there's more of this coming charlottesville wasn't a one-off thing i mean there were other events before now charlottesville certainly got the most violent so far but there's more of these events coming and i i I think the impulse is going to be to try to like pull the permits or or stop them from happening and i think that would be a mistake um I, i i think what we need to change is maybe how we react to them and I think the way to react is is not to give them if, if what they want is is to create a fight if they want to create a dangerous situation if they're spoiling from a fight I think the way to to deal with them is to not give them that don't give them the fight you know I I, I think there's ways to to appropriately provide a rebuttal and and to push back against the ugly things that they're saying without sh- throwing up or, or showing up is throwing up showing up and and fighting them. Or trying to silence them by shouting them down or whatever, you know. I, I in some ways, I, I think what diffuses the situations is, is just let them have their, their say. Let them have their say, and then you have your say, and then go home, because long term, that sort of bigotry and that it it doesn't it doesn't last. Not not in a free society, not in a society where we're protecting the First Amendment and everybody gets to have their say. It doesn't last. It can't survive. Not out in the open, not in the sunlight. Where it does survive is when you suppress it and you push it down into the dark corners. I think it's better to have it out. I think it's better to have it in the daylight. I think it's better to have it out front where we can deal with it. That's my two cents. So cling to the First Amendment and try to understand one another. That's my advice for today. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Stay tuned for that. I'll be sticking around for it. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. You can catch me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here on the radio station or on stateofvigblog.com, where we also have a podcast tab. You click the podcast tab, then you can get the show whenever you want to listen to it. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.